The following program contains comic mischief commonly found in PG-rated family-friendly films. It does not necessarily represent the values of this station. You're listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears, created by Secret Level Entertainment and presented to you for your holiday season by this radio station. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. That's M-A-G-I podcast.com. Previously on the show, King Herod joined the three magi in the future and learns at a Christmas Eve service just who baby Jesus grows up to be. Chapter 5, Into the Cold. Could it be 2,000 years? You guys can't see this, but but I've cut together a really cool flashback montage. Uh, I'm really proud of it. So so we're seeing uh, the Magi in the mall, the crowds, Santa Claus. They're realizing that they've been transported to the future. It's kind of blowing their minds. I, I'm thinking of setting it to Barbara Streisand's The Way We Were. Feel free to add that in post. Hey, dummy. Give me one of those fresh power source thingies. Whoa, guy. Take it easy. Harrod snatches the battery and shoves the tech guy into some road cases. There we go. 2,000 years in the future? No thanks. Just gotta shove this power source thing in here, and I'll be back to my precious throne in no time. Get in there. Get in there. How do these things work? You're listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. Something is seriously messed up here. What do you mean 2,000 years? Let me think, let me think. 2,000 years from where we began. The Christ's not a baby. We're in the future. Hey, hey, Casper's right. The Christ is a man. But the guy with the pants and the impossible abs, there's no way... Forget the Christ. Uh, Forget the mission. But, Mel... We do not belong here. We are are way out of our depth. A timid teenager usher approaches them in the aisle. Like, you guys know you're standing in the middle of the aisle, though, right? Herod has jammed the modern-day 9-volt battery into the futuristic time orb. He snaps it shut and shakes it, bangs it, twists it. The orb tries to light up, but it's not working properly. It emits a flash of light, then sparks, and then nothing. Herod pulls out the battery and burns his hand. The battery is fried to a crisp. Herod, that's your cue. As Herod blows on his burnt hand, he's pulled up on stage by the stage manager. Herod stumbles out on stage. There are three preteens in shepherd's costumes waiting for him to speak. I said, wow, I sure hope the king doesn't discover our quest. Hey, kid, look, I gotta get out of here. Can you return me to my time? Stick to the script, man. We are in the future, which means we have to figure out a way to get home. Hello? We can't go home because we have to find the baby. Have you learned nothing of the fourth dimension? If we're in the future, he's not a baby anymore. None of this makes any sense. This is a scene for which I'm ill-suited. I mean, is it real? Or are we deluded? Up on the stage, Herod waves dismissively at the shepherd kids and addresses the audience instead. Hey everyone! Hey! Hi! How's it going? I've been transported here by mistake. Herod takes a beat, studying the crowd. 
Cued by the big laugh, the three magi turn their gaze to the stage and are shocked to see Herod up there. Any brilliant theories on why or how he's here in the future too? Looking at the decorations, the kids in costume, and the congregants' vacant expressions, Herod has a realization. None of you people actually know what's going on, do you? You just... You're just here for a silly show. Herod starts pacing, in his own world now, thinking. But they do worship the Christ, which means the baby grows up to be the king. And I failed. We gotta take this guy down. No, Bass, wait. Center stage, Herod spins the time orb in his palm. But this isn't over. No way. I can travel back in time, somehow, and I can kill that sniveling kid before he grows up. <laughs> this is perfect. Can't let you do that. Herod finds Baz before the front of the stage with Mel and Casper trailing behind her. What? You? How? Why? Why? When? Baz, yeah, that's the king. If we walk away right now, then maybe... Hold on. Um, did you come here to stop me? <laughs> that's adorable. You're just stupid magi. Here's a tip for you, okay? Nobody cares. You predict the weather. <laughs> You're not heroes. I don't know how you followed me, but if you can't help me get back, then get out of my way. I'm gonna do whatever it takes to kill that baby and change history. These people won't allow it. Sweetheart! Look around. Surveying the audience, Baz discovers that they're still and silent. Many are filming the spectacle on their smartphones. Herod holds the time orb out to the audience as if it were a chalice. Now one of you losers cough up a fresh power source for this puppy, please. See how he grips that small metal sphere? I bet that's what we need to stop him, my dear. Baz nods inconspicuously. Okay, how about this? Herod draws his sword and brandishes it madly. Magi and the quest for Christmas will return after these messages. Hey guys, this is Lee Harden. Stand-up comedian just released a special with Drybar Comedy, and it is free to watch, 100% free to watch. Download the Drybar Comedy app in the App Store, Google Play Store, search for Lee Harden. You can watch the entire thing for free. Once again, Drybar Comedy, search for Lee Harden. You can also find me at LeeHardenComedy.com. Thank you, guys. You're listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas. The adventure comedy movie for your ears. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. Okay, how about this? Herod draws his sword and brandishes it madly. Mel takes one look at the sword and decides to slink away from the other magi, unnoticed. In the silence, the shepherd girl approaches Herod. This isn't funny, okay? You're being a jerk and ruining Christmas, and you're and, and you suck. I don't suck. You suck. Nope, I'm with her. Herod sucks, and he proves this by drawing up his sword to strike the girl. But Mel bolts out and tackles the crazed king. His sword falls in one direction, and the time orb rolls in the other. Herod dives on top of the orb, and Mel tries to wrestle him off of it. You are not going to kill anybody today. Do you think these people want a messiah? Check out the messiah they've chosen! While wrestling, Herod points to 80's Jesus standing in the corner eating a cheeseburger. That wig! Are you serious? He's completely irrelevant to these people, and so is your little mission. Your stupid lives are meaningless. Nobody cares! It hits Baz like a ton of bricks. Is he right? Welcome to the future, baby. A wall bursts apart, revealing Chomper, the giant barbarian. 
He thrashes his arms around, showering the sanctuary in heavy debris. He's come to bust walls and eat toes, and he's all out of walls. Great. This should be real fun. Panic ensues as the congregants flee to the exits. Taking advantage of the distraction, Herod lands a punch on Mel's nose and scrambles out of his wrestling grasp. As a church's sound engineer flees, he knocks the soundboard. Chopper holds his ears. It's too loud. Flailing his arms in anger, Chopper destroys dozens of pews while Baz climbs up a tall array of speakers. Get those people out of here! Casper runs to Mel's side and helps him lift a big chunk of debris, rescuing a family from the rubble. Thank you so much. I really like your beard. He gets that a lot! Baz jumps from atop the speaker array and kicks the giant off of his feet. And in the chaos, Herod grabs the sword and flees into a long hallway. The three magi sprint through the exit into a wild blizzard of white-out snow. Well, what do you propose we do now, little Miss Hero? Um... Baz looks around desperately. Let's be honest, she has no idea. You are reckless. You are petulant. You, we never should have come here. We are completely out of our depth. <laughs> you listen to me. Shut up, shut up, and let me think. Chopper scampers across a snow-covered field. He sniffs at the air hungrily and then scurries on, following a scent. And look who's arrived, in a taxi no less. John, the irresponsible angel, in the white jumpsuit. He clambers out of a cab in front of the church and notices a mess of footprints in the snow. <sighs> I'll bet Clarence never had to deal with problems like this. Clarence did what he was told and is fictional and did what he was told. <clears throat> Tightening his collar to fend off the cold, John sets out following the tracks. <sighs> if we go back the way we came and return to our right place in time. How do you suggest we get back to the way we came now, huh? Can you see the way we came? Because I can't. Where could they go so that they wouldn't freeze? No relief from the cold and death's guaranteed. Thank you again for stating the obvious, you silly, stupid old fool. Baz, don't be hostile. Ease up, if you please. The wind's picking up. It's quite a chilled breeze. Stop rhyming. The three magi fumble together through a snowy clearing, their bodies flinching from the cold. I was so desperate for my life to have a shred of meaning that I marched you two bird brains into death and disaster to find it. Baz. No, Mel. You were right all along. We're in way over our heads. The future? The Messiah? What are we even doing here? Fifty yards away, the giant barbarian lumbers into the field, unseen by the magi. This is what I get. We might as well just go home, back to predicting the stupid weather. The future is set, and nothing we do matters. Congratulations, Mel. You were right all along. You were right, and big surprise, I was wrong. The deafening sound causes the magi to reel around and face the barbarian, who they can barely make out through the blizzard. And again, with this guy. Freezing and exhausted, they brace for battle, but then... The ground beneath the giant gives way. It's ice, and Chomper falls through into the hidden lake below with barely a splash. A thin fissure spears its way under the Magi's feet, but they don't understand what's happening. 
Bass, your life is not meaning. The ice under Bass crumbles and she's swallowed into the lake, leaving Mel and Casper stunned, freezing, and horrified. Magi and the Quest for Christmas will return after these messages. Hey guys, this is Julia from the band Lightheart. If you're looking for new Christmas music to enjoy with friends and family this year, you can find our all-original full-length Christmas album at lightheartmusic.com. That's L-I-G-H-T-H-A-R-T music.com. Or on any streaming service such as Spotify or Apple Music. Thanks and have a Merry Christmas. Welcome back to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. Where did she go? Casper, what's happened? Mel and Casper dart back and forth across the ice-covered lake, frantically clearing snow, hoping to spot their companion. She'll freeze to death. Casper, she'll freeze. What What do we do? Casper sweeps away some snow and tries to peer down into the water below, but it's a futile endeavor. Trapped with a beast beneath the ice. I fear our friend is doomed to die. Do not say that. We have to save her. There has to be a way. There is always a way. The ice cracks around Mel and he scurries back, stepping lightly. With each step, he hears deep, cracking groans. She cannot simply be gone. Underwater, we see nothing but blue. Then a flailing hand, Baz's hand, grabs the bottom of the ice. She was incorrigible. She was too adventurous. But that's what made her so wonderful. Casper, uh, what are we going to do? Uh, what am I going to do? <laughs> Baz emerges from the frosted pool. Clinging to the jagged icy edges, she sucks air desperately. There she is! Uh, hurry! Mel and Casper clamber to grab hold of Baz and heave her up out of the water together. You're alive! Uh, don't you dare do that again! She smiles weakly, but then the shivering sets in. Baz clutches weakly against Mel for body heat, and Casper removes his outer cloak to wrap around her. You're okay. It's okay. Stay with us. She stops moving as hypothermia makes itself apparent. The three magi clasp together as Baz's eyes close. Wise men did come here from time long ago. They had no hope of surviving the cold. Bundled up with hats, scarves, and mittens, Katie and David drive along a two-lane country highway. I know you can't see this footage in podcast land, but I can see their breath. That's how cold it is with no heat in her car. What about that place? He points into the distance and Katie squints. They drive past a family restaurant but discover the lights are turned off. Oh my gosh, they're close too. Seriously? We'll find something, Mom. The car's low fuel light comes on, but Katie tries her best to hide her deep inner panic from David. Gotta love these Christmas road trips. What happened? Where'd they go? Come on, show me something, anything. John follows a mess of footprints and finds several cracks in the ice. And finally the three magi, looking both literally and figuratively quite blue. Okay, 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 okay. Don't, don't, don't panic, John. We can handle this, no problem. 
It takes a second for Mel to recognize John, but when he does... Full of rage, but lacking the strength to stand, Mel scrambles over to John and starts to wrestle him in the snow. This is all your fault. Casper joins the tussle in an attempt to separate them. Everything is slow and quite pitiful since the Magi are too cold to do anything of any consequence at all. Everything would still be perfectly fine if you hadn't sent us on this insane mission. I can help her. Get, get off me. Get off me. I can help her. Mel finally concedes leading Casper to back off as well. What happened? I don't... I don't know how to help her. John crawls over to Baz and rests her tunic from her neck. Don't worry, don't worry. She's just as important to me as she is to you. With you three displaced in time, there's nobody to protect baby Jesus from King Herod. Displaced in time? Forgot to tell us that part, did you? Mel and Casper huddle in to see what John's doing. If she's gone, everything changes. Two magi? Who ever heard of two magi? It was to be three, and she's the one holding you two together. That's the most obvious thing ever. Some space, please? Mel and Casper ease back. John thumbs for a pulse in a strange way, like a Vulcan mind meld on her neck. I could use some help here. What's that? Right. Yes, this is very much outside protocol. You're right. What can I say? Prayers have a way of superseding protocol. I'm not sure. The boss does what he wants, you know? So John shifts the placement of his fingers a bit. Baz's eyes shoot open. Baz! Oh, thank you. Is she all right? She's going to be. If we can get some help, fast. No, you know, leave it to me to wait until we're in Nowheresville on Christmas Eve to find something to eat. Mom, it's okay. No, it's not okay, David. This is not okay. I'm moving you across the country on Christmas Eve. Who does that? Away from your friends and your sports and your school and your life. If my mom did that to me, I would have never forgiven her. But here you are, this perfect little angel baby, like everything's fine, mom. This is fun, mom. It's not. I couldn't hold it together with your dad, and now we're gonna run out of stupid gas and freeze to stupid death on stupid Christmas all because of me. Mom, I'm just... I can't help you. Can you stop? Call Grandpa or something. What do you want me to do? You can put that stupid thing away for once. In a fit of frustration, David cranks his window down, struggling a bit with a manual window mechanism. He throws his handheld video oh. game out the window. Happy? It's gone. You've got to be kidding me. David, I can't afford to buy you a new one of those things. I don't want a new one. He goes to roll out the window, but it won't budge. I just want you to feel good about yourself and... Uh, what now? The stupid window is broken. Katie watches her son struggle with the window. Mom. Whipping her head around, Katie spots a figure waving its arms in the middle of the street. I'll give you one guess who it is. She slams the brakes and holds David back against his seat. On the slick, snow-covered road, the car slams to a clean, sudden stop, inches away from John, the angel man himself. I need your help. Thank you for listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, created by Secret Level Entertainment and presented to you for your holiday season by this radio station. Stay tuned for Episode 6, 
where the Magi learn the true meaning of Christmas and form a new plan to save the baby Jesus from King Herod. Magi and the Quest for Christmas was written and directed by Francois Goudreau, with Andrew Collins and John Austin contributing to the radio play and additional story by Julia Appleton and Jay Nielsen. Original score composed by Michael Patterson and original songs provided by the band Lightheart. The production featured the voice talent of three-time Emmy Award winner Cam Cornelius, Khadija Tula, John Barker, Jacob Goudreau, Julia Appleton, Jason John Stewart as the narrator, and me, Mike Lane. To hear Magi and the Quest for Christmas again, or to hear what you missed, head to magipodcast.com. That's magi, M-A-G-I, podcast.com, where you can also see a full list of cast and crew. Or you can also find the show on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening. Your life is far from meaningless.